Hey guys, and welcome back to week 20 of That Scale RC Show. I'm your host, Adam Dean, alongside with... Jeremy Kendall. And what do we got going on tonight? Um, gosh, uh, just kind of getting caught up from over the weekend and everything. Did some playing around this weekend, and that was really about it on my end. Yeah, it was Labor Day weekend, so... Uh, I guess uh, a lot of people are doing different things. Um, kind of, it's kind of a, it's like a sad, t- like not, I don't know, it's like sad, depressing, touchy kind of subject. Like I said, I think I said it on the last episode. We used to always go up to uh, Rubicon Trail to do scale on the con um, because they'd always have a cantina for the con on Labor Day weekend. But this year, uh, they actually postponed cantina on the con because they're doing so much construction so it's like you know even if we wanted to go up and make like an unofficial official get together there just wasn't going to be the camaraderie of like watching all the one-to-one guys drive through and all that stuff so right we just kind of you know it's kind of one of those things we're just like oh well i guess we're not doing anything so yeah i went out we did a night run at die hard and that was really about it for my or seeing I think that was Sunday night I believe and that was all we did I think I got out there around two o'clock and kind of hung out and worked on some stuff with some people mounted up a set of proline tires for a guy and then we uh, yeah just drove around at night and got bit by mosquitoes and went home man mosquitoes fun oh side note so took the 35 quart canning cooler with me Uh it's been sitting in the back of my truck since sunday afternoon and all the ice has melted still (laughs) nice yeah pretty cool so yeah i love my canyon coolers they're really nice diehards looking at getting some so that they can have like certain areas with water bottles and stuff so that people can stay hydrated and everything because they're just spending so much money on ice right now which i mean not just the ice but like the gas to drive into town and go buy it and everything else so they're looking at investing in some better coolers and so they're gonna they're gonna go that route because they've heard us talk about our canyon stuff before so that'll be cool yeah i mean well we're still staying on that side note um i always think it's kind of funny um I bought I bought my thirty. Do I have a thirty-five? I think it's a thirty-five. I think I have a thirty-five. My bigger one. I'm almost positive it's a thirty-five. I take that one with me when we do our camping stuff, or like we go to Axial Fest or whatever. Um, anytime when I need a lot of water um, or a lot of stuff to stay cold, um, I'll bring that. And then I actually have the little. Um, actually, it might be a forty-five because I have the little twenty. The little one with the strap. Oh, really? I, I don't know if I've seen yeah. that one. Huh. Yeah, I have that one. That's why I'm thinking it's got to be bigger than 35 because it's the. Yeah, it's got to be a 45 or 50 because I know there's a size in between the ones that I have. Um, but yeah, so the 20 with the strap, I actually use that to go to work. Like I'll I'll throw. Um, what I actually do with that one is. I throw like three or four of those, you know, freezer packs, like you know, you the little blue thingies, mm-hmm. the rectangle things, and I'll freeze those, throw those in the bottom, then layer, put like four 
you know, water bottles on top of that, and then that way it kind of keeps some sort of separation, and then I'll put my sandwich or whatever I'm having for lunch on top of that, and I've never had an issue. Nice. Yeah, that works and it's, and it's And it's kind of... it's kind of serves two purposes for me uh sometimes i'm at i'm at houses or job sites that don't really have like an easy place to eat at like there isn't like a, oh we can just go sit up against this or sit here or whatever comfortably or so what i'll do is i'll pull my stuff out then i'll shut the lid and i'll sit on it, it works as a seat oh yeah yep so um but yeah uh it's actually funny too i lent that one to my parents when they headed up to reno because uh, my mom was bringing some, I don't know what she was bringing up with her to go see her, see their friends. And she's like, oh, I don't know if this is going to last in the, in the cooler. And I said, take my 20. I said, it's, I said, trust me, that'll stay cold the whole way up there. And, uh, they were impressed. They got all the way up to Reno and everything was still nice and cold. And, uh, I guess actually their friends were like, oh we've always wanted to get one of these but they're too expensive and this that and the other and they were saying oh well you know adam you know swears by him and he this is his smaller one he's got the bigger one and he goes yeah he goes i don't know they're still expensive and so when my parents got back into town they were telling me and i said well you tell them i said they're actually not as expensive as they think i said they're probably used to looking at yeti which is outrageously overpriced yeah and i said look at canyon i said and canyon's always having sales so i said you go at the right time they have sales on you know all their coolers all the way up to the prospector 150 so i mean i said just check them out i said they're like you know almost half the price of a yeti and and from what i've heard they work you know just as good if not better than the yeti and they're grizzly bear rated too that's a that's a plus well the 35 up is grizzly bear rated my little 20 supposedly isn't grizzly bear rated it's just rated for hitting the grizzly bear if it tries to take your food from you pretty much and just swinging at him instead yep that works so but yeah i love my canyon coolers um we actually brought the bigger one with me to work the one day because we knew it was going to be like 105 degrees out and i was like yeah we're gonna be going through water like crazy so i just i literally bought a case of water and a big old bag of ice and just put it all in there and left it in the back of the truck how much is ice down there just out of curiosity um i want to say it was like five bucks for a five pound bag uh, I guess that isn't bad. I, I bought two, like, just whatever regular-sized bags of ice, and it was, like, five-something, and I had it stuck in my head for some reason that ice was, like, 99 cents a bag or something, but evidently that was, like, back in the Great Depression or something. <laughs> um, yeah, I was going to say, I usually just grab the ice when I pass by. There's a little shopping center right around the corner from our house and uh, i just pop into luckies and i want to say they have a three pound bag which i want to say is somewhere around like 3.99 4.99 and if you get the five pound bag it's like 5.99 or something like that do you guys oh you don't have terrible herbs down there do you no oh okay I, they must just Agreed. be a nevada thing then yeah i was gonna say at least to my knowledge we don't that, that place is cool have you ever seen like you know because they obviously have like a motorsports team and stuff and have you noticed that um like if you've seen pictures of it they have like 
pictures all over the front of the building and inside of different like race cars and stuff like that and like lots of desert racing stuff and uh, it tripped me out because there's a chevron here on the island that i stop out once in a while to get chew from and uh they had like a big poster on the front of shannon campbell like in one of their windows and then like another sign so there's like ultra four car stuff like all over the place at this chevron station here which i thought was kind of funny huh yeah no um that's just like oh there's another store that's like only in nevada and i forget what it is bunny ranch no not the bunny ranch oh but we do know that's only in nevada yeah it is um i can't think of it right now but i i don't know there's a there's another store because i think it's that i think it's a it's a sandwich place because Jason from CKRC took us there one time. He's like, "Oh, let's go get lunch." We went there, and he's like, "He's like, yeah, let's get sandwiches." And we're like, "Oh, okay." And we're thinking we're gonna go somewhere like Subway or, you know, something of that nature. And we and we pull up, and he goes, "Oh, he goes, all right, let's let's go." And we like walk in, and like, and he's like talking to us like we've been here before. And I'm like, "Dude, I've never even seen this store in my life." And he goes, "They're all over the place." And I'm like, "They're not all over in California, that's for sure." <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I just forget what it was called. It was it was actually really good. I just forget what it was called. I'll probably have to look it up. I wish I know it's kind of overrated, but I wish we had an In and Out up here. I guess I could say In and Out's only overrated just because I have like four or five of them in my you know vicinity of. I guess like the areas that I work in from like, it's like a stretch of. I want to say almost 50 miles from like Mountain View all the way up to San Bruno. There's like four or five at like each different oh crazy um, um, exit. Yeah, so which is like, and I'm probably gonna get a lot of flack for this. And that's the other thing too is I wonder anybody listening to this close to the East Coast. I don't think they, do they have an In and Out out there? I know this is probably a stupid question, but do they have an In and Out out there? I doubt east coast i I know like they've talked about getting one in washington or there is one here finally maybe it was like tacoma or somewhere but i mean we this is weird so we're in like about 45 minutes or so up i-5 from seattle so it's all kind of just greater seattle area where we are and we just now recently in marysville got a sonic within like the last couple years and like from the middle of nowhere central oregon we had a sonic like forever ago so i thought that was kind of strange hmm. sonic's good that's another good one there's not the closest one to us is actually when we're headed up to auburn uh in fairfield i miss our cherry limeade that is like the best drink ever so um but yeah no real quickly like i was saying i don't know how many you know people i'm gonna offend but i'm not really a big in and out fan I mean, it, don't get me wrong. I I have their food almost like once or twice a month. But personally, I think their fries are very bland. And I, I personally have to add gobs of salt to it just to even eat them. You know who's got awesome fries, or at least did for a while. I don't know because the one closed here. But Burger King's fries are freaking rad. Yes. Yes. Burger King has the best fries, hands down. I heard that they're kind of like almost coated in mashed potatoes and that's how they get like that kind of crunchy but not too crunchy exterior on them and I uh, made some like that here at home with the air fryer oh my god dude was it delicious it was so killer 
Nice. Just took them and rolled them in mashed potatoes and threw them in the air fryer, and about 20 minutes later they were dialed. It was awesome. Nice. We have not talked about one RC-related thing. Yes, we have. We talk, You talked about Die Hard. Oh, and I talked yeah. About That's true. Oh, why, why it's still fresh in my mind. So you and I were talking about the... Uh, the Wraith before we got on there here and I posted a picture of it. Um, there's a really neat new RC group out there which I know there's a million of them but like this is actually pretty original and a really good idea. Um, it's a nationwide map of different RC spots to go crawling at that people are contributing to from you know different areas across the country and they're also including like um, scale RC oriented businesses on there too which is really really cool so um i was i was on there checking stuff out and that's when i saw this dude's crew cab four-seater wraith and so i posted it up that thing was pretty awesome yeah i checked that thing out it's almost like diesel brothers got a hold of a wraith and they like scabbed two of them together and made a four-seater and they did a really good job yeah yeah it looks super nice so and the page is I'll put a link up later for everybody the page is where'd it go um okay it's called RC map dash tiny truck maps this is the name of the Facebook group and it's a closed group so you'll have to ask and they'll add it so yeah so that's and then pretty cool somebody will say do you know the password yeah, pretty much. They'll ask you some questions and make sure you're not a robot or something and good to go. No, I'm kidding. I'm making that part up. No. We actually have questions on our local club page just because it's ridiculous. We have like 130 some odd members but consistently get like 15 to 25 at, at an event. So it's like, I don't really know what all the other people are there for, but okay. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's what I did this weekend also. I just remembered. Um, I finally did like a mock-up of the UC Fab uh, Wraith drop-in. Oh, that's right. It looks fantastic. I saw that. So I got to do a couple other little things to it. I basically wanted to see where I was at because I've been sitting on a lot of the parts. Like I, I, you know, I finally pieced together all my Vanquish curry axles, um, got some other parts that I scrounged from you know different people that were Vanquish but they weren't the same color I actually got those back from they weren't powder coated they were Cerakoted black but it looks like spot on like the Vanquish you know matte black that they do mm -hmm. so you almost couldn't tell the difference um, so I got those back so I finally assembled all the axles um, and then like I want to say this was like a I don't want to say it's a budget build because I really didn't have a budget on it, but some things I could not find like new. So I, you know, kind of scour some of the for sale things. And a guy was actually, I think he labeled it spring cleaning and he had a bunch of parts that he was selling and he was selling, um, a Wraith or Wraith. He was selling a Vanquish did, uh, fully vanquished out housing the spur gear cover and uh, basically because i took it apart 
a basically brand new dig unit. Wow. So, and he was selling it for like 110 bucks. That's killer. And it came with a servo. Um, I'm obviously going to change it out to a MKS servo for obvious reasons, but it did come with a servo. So, I mean, for 110 bucks, I couldn't really go wrong. And yeah, that's then, awesome. And then I was offered a one of three uh, anodized gold Vanquish... Um, transmission housing for my buddy and the only reason why i'm not going to release who it was he knows who he is the reason why i'm not going to release it is because i don't want people bombarding him and asking him if yeah you know if he can get more things anodized but anyways um i got a gold anodized cover so i pulled everything apart put the gold one on there that's when i checked all the gears and said man this thing looks like it's like never been run it's like perfect still so swapped it all out the only problem i'm having is which i had a feeling was going to be an issue is i don't think kyle intended that rig to have a dig in it so the servo interferes with the back bar so i have to space the transmission up off the skid plate a little bit so i've been playing around with stacking washers but it's starting to get to like four or five washers which is almost like two and a half three millimeter thick so i'm kind of trying to work with brandon catton from snowmod on a basically a riser plate for that transmission so that way um we could bump it up and the other thing too is i was telling him you know maybe you know because i don't know if anybody else has run into this issue where you've actually had a space you know your transmission up off the skid plate but um i don't know if that'd be an item that would be kind of interesting to sell you know like it's you know, I know it's not a common thing. I know not everybody's like, yeah, I'm going to space my transmission away. But I've heard of other people getting in incidences where they, you know, it needs to sit a little bit higher or it needs to, you know, whatever. Well, so we, we have a skid that doesn't have any holes drilled in it for the transmission. It's a do-it-yourself one that you can just put your tranny wherever. So, like, if you want, you can have one of those and just space you know slide your transmission forward or backward depending where it needs to be and just drill your own holes if you want yeah but is it a wraith one mm, no it is an scx one that's right the wraith See? is wider it's a wraith it's a that's why it's that's a wdi right. it's a wraith dropping i forgot yeah I'm, I'm actually looking at my one nine wraith right now and yeah that skid is substantially wider than the scx 10 one that's a bummer so, yep. No, it's an actual full Wraith, not a Wraith 1.9. It's an actual Wraith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is even wider than, you know. But it's okay. I mean, it is it is what it is. What I'm probably going to do for now to finish buttoning it up is I know with Axial they give you those, um, the spare parts trees that have mm -hmm. all the different little, you know, things like the ball, the you know the plastic balls for the rod ends and all that other stuff they have a couple like spacer things in there and i might oh, yeah. grab a couple of those and just do that for now the reason why i was thinking of an actual spacer ring to lift it up was because um that way it's kind of a pain to put the transmission in there you almost have to set the car on its nose hold it against your chest so that way when you put your screws through there whatever spacer you put on there isn't going to allow the screw to fall through the bottom when you're trying to put the transmission so i thought if it's all one ring everything will line up once you start in one 
they all should line up and you, you don't have to hold anything and it should be a lot easier right so I don't know he said he's going to work on it um, so I'm kind of excited about that um, cool. also a great way to get another one of my sponsors in on the build um, and then what else oh and I definitely need to mess with the hubs I was going through my box of spare parts to see what I had and I'm a big stickler to I don't know appearance in a way and like when you run certain wheels the silver SLWs drive me nuts like I can understand if you have a silver rig or if you just don't care and you just want to have it but certain wheel choices I truly feel if you switch out to the black SLW it looks 20 times better but the only SLWs I had laying around I think were the 475s um, and they were they were black so it looks good the black looks good the problem is they're way too wide so I think I'm gonna get I'm gonna order up a set of the 300s or the 250s I haven't made up my mind yet I think the 300s will be safe it'll suck it in just enough to where the tire won't interfere with the rod ends on the front um, tie rod and then the um, the rear is just going to match that way your wheelbase or your track width is the same front and rear. Nice. That, so, that but yeah, I mean, look so good. oh, I I already love the rig. Um, there's so much that I've been just messing around with and uh, and just checking out, and that's actually my first time running um, Proline. I don't know what they're called. They're Proline shocks. So. Oh, nice. But I think they're designed for a short course. Oh, yeah, they're, they're the slash ones. Yeah. Yeah, slash power strokes. Mm, they're not power strokes. They're the blue and... Um... Oh, pros I... Prospects. The Prospects, there you go. Yeah, they're the big bores. They're like 12 millimeter. Yep. Yeah, those are sweet. So um, I have those. Those actually came with the UC Fab chassis when I bought it off of the guy selling it. So I just said, hey, you know, I just actually was talking about them. And I think, was it Chris Prestwood? Somebody was, I was mentioning it to somebody and they were like, well, what, you know, like, what shocks are you going to run on it? And I just sent a picture of it. And I said, well, this is what it came with. And he goes, are you kidding me? Those are like $100 shocks. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I guess I didn't even know what they were. So, yeah, they're all right. very nice. So, yeah, right so, and so, so, yeah, so I'm actually impressed that I can make those work with that because the person I bought it from actually had that rig set up as trailing and leading arms. And oh. they, so they had everything mounted to the, you know, to the, to the leading arm and everything. Um, except for, I think the front, he might have had it still attached to the axle because they were longer shocks and I think he used the shorter ones in the rear to go down to the link but I could be wrong anyways I'm not I'm going actually true wraith style so I'm not running leading arms or trailing arms I'm just running normal links but there's one thing and I don't know if anybody else has ever noticed this or if like I just get luck of the draw but I don't know for some reason, I've always noticed this, and I don't know why after... I mean, I've been using Vanquish product parts for like at least five, six years now. Why do their tie rods never work with their 
um, Knuckles. I don't understand why it's off. So if you use their knuckles on their axle, or even on a regular axle, but especially like on these with their axle, and you use the Vanquish, whether it's the Incision version or the actual Vanquish Titanium version, the I don't know if the bends are in the wrong place or if they don't make them long enough. When you put the rod ends on, it gives your car like some crazy toe, and it toe just in drives or toe out in. Really? See, I've, I've done that before and had them toe out. No, mine toe in. So then what I usually do is I put some sort of a spacer to space it out so it'll, it'll straighten the wheels out. And it's like a it, it's like a happy medium. It's like you almost have to find the right one. And then what I actually started doing uh, when I got really like – when it really would like drive me nuts at how much you had to adjust it, I'd take the longer Revo rod ends – and I'd actually measure out how much I needed because their long Revo rod end was way too long. So I'd actually kind of figure out where I needed it, mark it, and then I'd cut it. And then I have custom, basically custom length rod ends just for the tie rod. Right. Interesting. And it's funny because I used to think it was only on the Wraith because I installed them on Michelle's dad's wraith-based rig and his wraith and i had to do the same thing i had to make custom rod ends just to get the tires straight um and then i had to do it on mine and then i um then i put one of the tie rods on one of the scx 10s back in the day and it did the same thing and i'm going what is going on here like am i missing something so i don't know if anybody from Vanquish is listening, could you please address this problem and let us know? Yeah, figure out like what's the correct way to do that. That's really strange. Well, see, what I'm wondering is, which I've never really done, is does that tie rod work with like the stock setup? And then like when you run all the other stuff, does it, you know, like okay, is is stuff just off a little bit that it? changes it i mean i don't know i've never run it on anything stock everything's always been upgraded so interesting i don't know yeah but i yeah. i had put a wraith uh tie rod on my bomber because at the time i had it was when they just had the rtr bomber that was you know like the first that w- the first one that was released was the rtr version and all they really had to choose from was the wraith tie rod and that thing made the car just tow out like crazy and then later on i bought a bomber specific one with their uh, bomber link kit that they make and it was fine it was perfect and it was really strange see and i'm wondering and see that's what i'm wondering because on this rig i'm running the scale knuckles and c's the ones with the automatic stoppers in them the ones that are supposed to look like reed racing Mm mm-hmm and I wonder if that has anything to do with it. Like, I wonder if the mounting points, like if the ears are just off a little di- a little bit from, like, the actual factory area when you actually have the original, like, I call them Gen 1, you know, season knuckles. Right. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that has anything to do with it. It could be. I had a weird issue, too. I had bought some of their brass balls, um, and uh, I had put them on the Curry Jeep. And I had to grind down one side of every single ball in the kit, and then I put it on the Curry Jeep. All of them were too wide to fit even the Vanquish um, 
axles. Huh. Really, really strange. I mean, it, it's it wasn't you know enough of an issue to me to like say anything about it or you know like post something or message them or anything i didn't really care i was like all right well i'm just you know work with what i got and deal with it so i just shaved down a little bit on each one of them on one of the flanges and then they all fit just fine but i thought that was really strange it's like well if they don't fit their axle what are they supposed to fit like what do these actually go on are they for the yeti or something but i thought everything for the most part all uses kind of the standard traxxas with balls on everything huh yeah i don't know that that's the first i haven't heard that one i mean i don't know i don't know how many of those they actually sell you know i mean i don't know how many people out there actually go as far as buying like brass balls but I was just looking well, to ditch the plastic ones. Unless you already got brass balls, maybe you don't need to buy them. <laughs> true. That is very true. <laughs> <laughs> um, but on a, on another, you know, back to the main thing, you know, I just, I don't know. I just don't know. Like I said, if if there's something, you know, if anybody else has ever, you know, come across this, so it is what it is. Um, it's funny you say that about the bomber. I was about to say. I don't remember mine having any issues, but then I remembered I had the kit version bomber, so I had all those gold right, axial yeah. links. So I'm just running those. Yeah. God, and I haven't bought links in I don't know how long, so I'm no help on any of this. I've just been making my own. Well, see, that was the other thing that was kind of frustrating. When I started piecing all this stuff together, there was, like, I, none of the original um, Wraith titanium links were available. Um, so I was like, are you kidding me? So I was like, okay. So, and you can't order a bomber one. I mean, I could, but I'd be missing the other two lowers because the, the bomber was designed to run yeah, for uh, trailing arms. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well. So anyways, so I bought the SSD, or SSD. I bought the incision kit. So that's my first time using that, which is a huge difference. I mean, I couldn't believe how much heavier the stainless oh, yeah. steel links are versus the titanium dude that they're just, awesome i had those on my bomber and that was such a killer set of links on that thing oh yeah dude it, it blew my mind i was like whoa I was like, these things are their trailing arms are gorgeous too those are so nice with the captured balls on them so you can actually replace them like just super super smart design yeah um the vanquish trail i have the only rig surprisingly that i have vanquish trailing and technically leading arms on is my monster truck. Oh, yep. Man, you so, got a lot further with yours than I did with mine. I wanted to do all that stuff and just kind of got out of it because nobody else well, had one. what happened with me, just, you know, and I guess we can take that conversation here next. So what happened with me was when the monster truck bug started here in Northern California, I want to say it was about two years ago, um, people started, you know, the monster truck things just started gaining some traction. Like a couple people were like making their own stuff, or they were, or they were doing kind of like the, uh, who made that thing? Was it, uh, was it STRC or SSD? Somebody made that drop-down bracket that you could put on your SCX10, and it like was like a subframe kind oh, of thing. Oh yeah, and STRC. It would... Okay, so yeah, STRC made it. So some people would go that route. Well, Mark Bentoncourt was actually making flat rails for a monster truck. 
So actually, my buddy Bob Tarvin was the first one I saw with his flat rails. I guess he reached out to him and was like, hey, I'm trying to build this monster truck, blah, 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 blah. And I, and I was like, dude, those. I said, that's actually a killer product. Like that, it looks good. It uses stock stuff, you know, like he built it around the SCX-10 skid plate. So you could use the SCX-10 skid plate. He gave you all the braces to go in between everything, just kind of like if you bought a BPC chassis. And it was really cool. Well, I was originally planning on building a monster truck and it was going to go that route, so you have to build everything yourself. You have to get axles, links, trailing arms, this, that, and the other. So I started gathering a bunch of parts. Then Axial released the SM, the SMT-10, and I was like, well, I'm going to take the easy way out and just buy the finished product. So it just, you know, it just didn't make sense to me to keep, you know, I was like, I'm already you know a couple hundred dollars into this and i haven't even gotten to the point where i can assemble the thing yet i still needed axles and all this other stuff so i was like well it's only gonna be about 300 bucks for the monster truck so why don't i just spend that on that and call it a day and then what i did was i literally just took everything that i started collecting like links and trailing arms leading arms link mounts and all that crap that i started collecting i just threw it all on the monster truck and called it a day just called it a day well yeah that's yeah <laughs> right on that's my story and i'm sticking to it what are you gonna do for panels on that thing or are you gonna do panels on it uh for the uc fab um mm -hmm. so what i think i'm gonna do is i think i'm gonna start with like a manila envelope kind of thing and you know trace out kind of like or keep cutting it whittling that down kind of seeing where everything goes and where the bends are and everything and i'll probably just make panels out of lexan you know sheets of lexan that i have and then i want to keep the um the color scheme kind of the same um i've been toying around with i mean my go-to was always white black and gold that was always like my go-to for everything so on this rig i kind of still stayed in the gold family i went with a burnt bronze so it's a little darker than the gold so the chassis is a burnt bronze the wheels are a burnt bronze so i was like well maybe i'll do like a a bronze white and black theme on the panels rad so i don't know that's that that's what i think i'm going to lean towards um because kyle has all the the nuts welded to the chassis where like a body panel goes so i'm just kind of kind of follow all that and just kind of put a panel together and just right. see where it goes yeah that was that was my next question is if it had the nuts welded to it yep no, i mean this is a 2-2 rig right oh and it's a 2-2 so okay. that one's running the i'm gonna i'm trying them out um because in the world of 2-2 which i had this conversation with another buddy of mine the other day i just think unfortunately i think two twos are starting to die out like i really think those rigs are just starting to die out yeah i agree um there's there's there hasn't been an after or there hasn't been a company that has put out a two two rig since the bomber that i know of yeah i think the bomber was the latest one um and it's just like not like as common um 
it's now everybody you know sticks with the one nine because they're trying to stay more scale which I'm not saying a two two isn't scale it's just in my opinion more like you're running you know 54 inch tires like you're running huge you know yeah, tires exactly that's why for this rig I think it works out perfectly you know it's like a you know, it's going to be like a buggy, a tube buggy rig, which most tube buggies you see are running ginormous tires. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I'm happy with it. But this is the first time, because um, my go-to for the 2.2 has always been the Proline Swampers, the regular ones, not the XLs, because those ones are, like, huge. Yeah. Um, but just the regular TSLs. <clears throat> but I already have those on my other, um, on my actual... Uh, Wraith. So I was like, and I kind of like to try different things. So I'm like, oh, well, maybe I'll try this tire. Maybe I'll try that. And I finally set my sights on the Pitbull Mad Beast. Yeah, I think I, think I know what you're talking about. I think that's what they are. I think they're the Mad Beast. It's the, it's the less, in my opinion, the less aggressive looking tire. It's a closer knit pattern, but it looks directional. I am looking it up right now. Yeah, I could be calling it the wrong name, but yeah, funny you say that about two twos, just because of the fact that you know it, it is something that's kind of dying out, it seems. Huh? This is showing. Well, at least this is just a main. I didn't go to Pitbull's site, but they have the Rock Beast two. They have the Growlers. They have Rock Beast XORs, which look like old school like shafty tires. They're the Growlers. Growlers, they're the growlers. They have almost more of like a street type tread to them. Very close to it. It's the yeah, it's the two point two growlers. Um, yeah, they're closer to a to a street. They're not the PBX hardcore. Right, that was the other one I was looking at. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I've seen the 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 Rock Beast the XOR one where basically some of the lugs are like hollowed out. Yep. To me, that just reminds me too much of the days of the comp crawlers. So I was like, eh, that tire's a little too comp crawler looking for me. And I've run a lot of Rock Beast, uh, the Rock Beast 2. Mm -hmm. So, but in 1.9, I just never run it in 2.2. So I was like, let's try a different pattern. I said, plus, I don't want this thing to look too aggressive, but I still want it to perform. So right. I said, I think the growler, you know, looks pretty good. Yeah, no, it's a nice looking tire. I think that'll be cool. I think so that if if the Copra ends up being what I think, I think I want to do um, two two wheels and stretch one nine uh, Proline BFG crawlers on two twos and put them on it. Oh, nice! I think that'd look kind of cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that. What else? Um, yeah. So my I guess my next step really is fine tune a couple things. Um, do the drive shafts which is actually kind of funny because i have not bought an aftermarket drive shaft setup i want to say since the scx 102 came out oh wow because back in the day like i've we've we've said on the show before you know you kind of had to build your rig and you know the original drive shafts from axial like i'm talking about the ones prior to With the wild boars the four prong ones right yes those things 
used to used to spin them and they would open up and the little U joint would come out. So then like Axial came out with the cup thing that went around it to hold it down so you're so it wouldn't pop open. Mm-hmm. Then they came out with the wild boar, which was a great design and all, but the problem was under a lot of stress and um and torque you would actually spin you'd pretzel the whole entire drive shaft so it actually would spin inside and just corkscrew your entire drive shaft so what some people were doing like if you had those drive shafts and it was a ch- and it was you wanted to do a cheap fix you go to like orchard or home depot and i think you get like an eighth inch wood dowel or you know whatever that you know the wood material and you cut it down to the length of the male end of the drive shaft and you'd shove it down there and you'd actually have to like force it in there because it was a little bigger which was good because it gave more strength to that drive shaft so you wouldn't spin it oh interesting then they came out with the wild boar 2 and that kind of solved everybody's problems and you never really needed a drive shaft ever since so every time you got a rig it already came with good drive shafts, so you weren't changing them out. I mean, I used to be a big fan of the M- MIP drive shafts. That used to be my go-to. Yeah, the bomber was the last thing that I had put drive shafts on. I've got one SCX with metal drive shafts, and it just has the June facts, and they've been great. They're going on like four years old now. Those have been oh, wonderful. And then I had a MIP on the bomber, and but I mean, aside from that, like I've never had a axial the WB twos. I've never had one of those fail on me. So I just well, run, run them on everything. And that's what I'm saying. The, the Wild Boar 2s, I've never had a failure. That's why I've never really needed an aftermarket drive shaft. Um, now, you said the Ginfax. So you had good luck with the Ginfax? Yeah, I do. And, like, they're getting a little sloppy now. But, I mean, it's been almost four years, you know, and they've been so did fantastic. You, did you do anything to that little metal ring that holds the pin in? Uh, no, it just has this the spring, you know, like the spring clip slash collar, whatever you want to call it, that holds the CVD pin in it. It just has that, and they've never popped off. I I figured if it did, what I was going to do is just put a piece of heat shrink over the joint there to kind of help, you know, help keep it in place if it did come off. And when it wears through, replace it again. Well, that's a good idea. Um, yeah, because that was the first problem I had with my Genfax. I heat shrink a lot of my uh, shock cups too. Oh, okay. I'll I'll run a piece of heat shrink up the shock cup and about one to two coils up the spring, and uh, it helps keep the spring from getting dislodged from the cup. Oh, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, so that works pretty well. But yeah, no, I remember because that was the one problem I had, and then also. Like I said, back in the days where we were always, I always act like it's been like, you know, 20 years, but um, <laughs> like, you know, five or six years ago when we were building a lot more custom stuff and you had to change wheelbases and this, that, and the other, um, the one thing I very disliked about JuneFac is the fact that, and I learned this the hard way, you can't modify those those drive shafts at all. That yeah. little, <laughs> that, yep. that little half that little half U cutout on the female side is only in that drive shaft for the first like eighth inch. Yeah, it's I've there's been so many people that have done that and like found out the hard way. So I think you, you I like, think you can cut the male end of it though. I'm pretty sure you can cut that part, just not no, the female yes, part. Yes, that one you can. 
So with Junefac, if you have to shorten your drive shaft, you just shorten that one, and you're still fine. If you try to, sh to go the other way, you're screwed. Um, and then that's the other reason why I was always such a big fan of the MIP is because you could shorten it, and it would work out great. And I also, multiple times, I actually have it on one of my rigs, I extended a drive the female side of a drive shaft for the MIP with my welder, so I had um, an extra piece from another one and I cut it and then I stuck the drive shaft down at the mail end down it to line up all the splines and then I just sat there and just tacked it and just kept going around and then nice. then I kind of just grind you know grind it smooth ish and then that was it and I've never had an issue with that so um, but like I said I don't really do a lot of that anymore because most of the stuff now your rigs like I said, the the stock drive shafts they're cherry. Like there's nothing wrong with them. They've improved almost all the weak points. So unless you're somebody that's like, yeah, I absolutely need this metal drive shaft, there really isn't a need to buy them. In you know, for your average person, I I mean yeah, like I, I have, like for instance, I know, like Todd Norton, he loves MIPs like. It doesn't matter if the rig came with the Wild Boar 2s. He just he runs MIPs just because he loves to. Yeah, which is cool. I mean, it. yeah. I mean, do it if, if, if you can afford to do it and you like the product, then by all means do it. Just I've had such good luck with the plastic ones that I'm not super worried about it. The only reason I had changed out the bomber is just because that was such a insanely powerful vehicle that I, you know, the electronic setup that I had in that thing, so it kind of needed it, but... I mean, I don't know. I feel like on like a one nine, if you're like hurting drive shafts and stuff, whatever you're doing is kind of like borderline abusing the rig to begin with. So, I mean, you're going to be breaking lots of other parts, anyways. Yeah. I mean, that's just obviously my own two cents worth. But I mean, it's <coughs> I've seen a lot of dudes be super heavy on the throttle and you know <laughs> get the rig bind up, and their answer is just power through it. You know, it's like Jesus. Okay. <laughs> So. Yeah, which actually leads me back to the final step, I guess, of parts I really need to gather for that rig, which is the power plant. And um, I just, I'm just gotta, I guess, dial in a uh, a KV size because I decided on brushless. I just haven't decided on a KV size. Part of me says go with the Polar Pro 2700. I talked to. Kyle about that because I guess he he really likes that motor so he runs out in a lot of his rigs and it still has enough get up and go to get you out of stuff Yeah. Um, and then you got people like Todd who's like no go with the 33 you want the 3300 so I'm like because eh, I, I went with 32 or 3100 I can't remember which one it is because the Polar Pro I think has the 33 but the Trail Master is a 32. See, I'm kind of a fan of a higher KV motor and run a smaller pinion on it because it's so stinking smooth that way. Like, your throttle response is just wonderful, like, just buttery, dude. So, I have a uh, 3100 in one of my rigs, and I absolutely love that thing. Like, it's got a stupid amount of power when you need it but it is so just smooth and easy to drive the rest of the time on slow stuff so it's 
definitely worth looking at, you know, to at least, you know, give it give it some thought going with a higher KV motor because it is it's actually really it performs really well. Yeah, I I mean I, I will admit. What? Oh, I was just gonna say it's like you know you know you like. <laughs> You don't necessarily need the power of it because, I mean, a, that high KV motor is capable of producing tons and tons of power and a lot of wheel speed, but when you gear it down like that, it's, you know, it's like anything else, you know, like, it's more like a brush system and everything. It, 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 it's nice. You're not using, like, all of that wheel speed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I've been going back and forth. Also, I've, I'm probably going to look at what's on that. I should look at what's on that transmission and see what's on there so I can kind of say okay I know what I'm at so I know where what I you know where I can go from there not that there's that many options but this transmission came with the um, slipper eliminator setup so it's running no slipper mm. so I'm gonna try and find I guess something that I could you know something that so, so something that'll work with that setup Right. Um, I just gotta see where I'm at, but yeah, I might because I did that with the black JK. Like I said, I'm running the I want to say it's like a 32 or 31, whatever the I forget what the Trailmaster. The Trailmaster and, and the Puller Pro from Homes Hobbies don't have the same KV ratings. Um, one's off by like a hundred, right. you know. Like one's either like a 32 and one's like a 31, or vice versa, or one's a 33 and one's a 32. Um, and I, and I was running that setup, and at first I was actually really discouraged because I was like, wow, this is way too much speed, way too much power. I was like, I should have went with the 27. I was like, I shouldn't have gone this high. Then once I talked with Brandon Catton again, and he helped tune that, he sent me his files that he actually ran on his, and then I changed my gearing. I went from the stock whatever comes in the kit I want to say it was like a 16 I think comes in the kit I went to a 11 and that thing's like uh, it's just so smooth now and it works so well yeah, I'm just like right, I, huh? could, I couldn't go I couldn't be happier so so yeah so I might I might do something like that yeah I I've got only two two build like two projects going on right now I've got the one nine wraith is getting some love this week. I'm putting S, uh, SSD Diamond Pro housings on it, so that'll add some weight, and uh, that'll be interesting to see how it does. And then I've got some other plans for the one nine wraith. I want to do the old school interior in it from the original wraith with the individual seats and no driver. So I want to do that and a couple other little things. And then I've got the Element Enduro, which I loaned to a guy over the weekend for our night crawl who's a local racer and you know very good racer and it was kind of his first crawling experience and man he loved that thing and did super well with it and nothing broke so that was cool so that thing is actually going to start getting super sick because I've got a Toyzuki chassis that I got from a friend to put on it and I've got wheel weights, SSD wheels and some Diamond Pro housings coming for the element too so that is going to be probably a pretty mean rig when it's done so i'm kind of excited about that one i the only thing i got to figure out a uh, pan hard mount on the chassis because the toyzuki one doesn't it's not really set up that way you know i wonder if you can still get them from him if not you might be able to get something from like bpc 
Um, but Wordy used to make the weld-on, or, well, it was bolt-on. Uh, yeah, it's a bolt-on um, panhard mount that goes uh, to the chassis, and you kind of just put it where you want. Yeah. Um, and you drill the hole and, you know... I may have to go that route. I'll, I'll take a look and see. My first thought was to use an axial one, and if that doesn't work, you know, because I was going to, like, cut it off of a shock tower and mount it up. And since the Toizuki chassis is a composite, and so is the SES-10 plastic uh, one off the shock tower, I'm going to try screwing that on and use some sort of a two-part epoxy, too, to give it a little extra, extra stuck. Yeah. So let's yeah, see how it goes. I'm pretty excited about that rig. I'm gonna do one of our flat skids in it, and I don't know. We'll see. I, the more I drive that thing, the more I like it. It's I'm just super excited to see how it actually performs with some weight in it because right now it's just you know featherweight RTR type weight on it. So it'll be really interesting to see how it works. I would love to get my hands on one of those transmissions and put that in a one nine wraith. That overdrive trans they have is so killer. Nice. It, it, it works so good. I love it. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's really my. I mean, I have a couple builds going on, but that one got like some attention now. Um, I got another build that you know it's. I'm still trying to find some good magnet mounts, or I guess magnets for this to mount the body. Um, I was. I found some ones like the size is perfect. They look awesome. Like they're they're not too big, but the problem is, they're what's the word was it pneumodium or something like that oh neodymium yeah that one um i'm not even gonna attempt to say that (laughs) um they they don't stick to metal well they stick to themselves well right so the problem that i'm having is it's like okay well i can mount them to the body but then it's like how am i gonna you know it's like well then i have to like pinpoint where they're gonna go underneath and then glue them down to something underneath and almost like not touch it till the glue sets up so that way i can pull it apart yeah exactly it's i think that it's the stuff like that that's kind of steered me away from using magnets um when matt was building that ssd trail king he did that proline ram charger body on it and he did magnets on it and uh he actually used the hot racing magnet kit and it he like it just happened to work out so perfectly to where there's no like big gap between the bumper and the body or anything you know from the added height of the magnet mounts and stuff so evidently like that's a good one to consider if you're looking at doing a magnetic mount for a body hmm i'm gonna have to check that out because yeah because i know um and it's just getting them from him i know elio's got some that he uses and he calls them his like secret stash ones um he gets them from work because i guess they use them to hold up the headliners or something or i don't know they they come for for something uh so he gets so all the extras that they don't use in the kit he takes them home so he uses those he says they work really well um and they stick to metal just fine so um i might go that route i don't know or i might just do like what i did with the um black jk i that's just velcro so I have more Velcro on rigs than I do body clips or anything else. There's a few that I kept body clips on just because it's easy, and especially if it was an RTR body, but I'm typically a pretty big fan of just doing a good quality Velcro on them. Yeah. Um, Yeah, like I said, I use the Velcro on that. It's fine. It's just the only thing that sucks is if you get into some of those really, like, weird, like, 
you know, off camber, you know, pinched areas, you can knock the body off the mount really easily. Like if it's got enough leverage on it. Oh yeah. So it'll like start peeling, and then it like, I don't know. It doesn't. You know, this is just the scaler in me. Then it doesn't look scale when you know your body's separating and it's still going through the you know thing. But I try not to you know squeeze it through stuff like that. But sometimes it kind of happens. It just gets stuck on something, and you can hear it. It starts to like you know pull the velcro. So you're just like yeah. Mm. I've so. I've had lesser quality velcro. The glue start to come apart on really hot days out or if the rig's been sitting in a hot car all day no i get what you're saying um i usually use this stuff i think i got it at home depot it's uh it's just a velcro but it's like a i want to say it's an indoor outdoor and i i think it's like a six or eight pound test which you know works pretty well and then i've also learned when you put it on there if you kind of like you know almost like you're you know, when you put your hands together, kind of move them back and forward a little bit. But if you do that to the Velcro a little bit, like give it a little back and forth, it like bites in a little bit better, and yep. then it usually stays on pretty well. Yeah, yeah. So, I I look anytime possible. I try and get the 3M stuff. It just always depends what's in stock. Yeah, we have we have like an Ace Hardware here on the island, and that's pretty much my only like resource for any kind of hardware or anything. So it just completely is dependent on what they happen to carry. Unless I go, like, the Amazon route or something, you know, that's the other route. Well, and I guess this is another question. I, I mean, it, I'll still say it's related to RC, but it's a little off-topic. Is your Ace kind of, like, more like an everything shop, or is it still just an Ace hardware? No, it's still, for the most part, kind of a hardware I mean, I don't know. It, it's, it's not, like, strictly hardware. Like, you can buy Craftsman tools there, and you can buy... Um, barbecues and sacked concrete and lawn chairs and you know art uh, that stuff all the way to like rv parts and things you know like basic rv and auto parts well the reason why i was asking is because uh here on the coast in half moon bay their ace hardware is more like an everything store because you don't you'll have to go back into town like the closest towns like san mateo um I guess if you wanted to go to anything else and they sell a little bit of everything I mean like you can go in and you can get you could buy like basic sweatshirts and sweatpants and like t-shirts oh, okay and yeah they, they have a little bit of that stuff here you know like maybe a quarter of an aisle of things like that okay no I was just curious because it's like interesting because like when you go to that one like I was saying you can find stuff like that and because it's on the coast they actually have a big fishing supply area yeah so which is these like, guys not huge but you know I'm a little which is kind of, which is kind of funny because like i said then you go to the ace hardware here in um in redwood city and it's like strictly nuts bolts buy some basic tools you can buy some basic power tools um paint department and yep. that yeah. you know like your your basic little stuff what i'm saying is if you have an ace hardware by you that in that is actually a better shop to shop at versus like home depot when it comes to doing any kind of little custom stuff for your rc car because what i like about ace is and i don't know if yours is this way but most of the ones around here are this way you can actually get the small three millimeter metric yep exactly screw. so like if you ever need something and you're like 
oh, I just don't have this. You can actually go to the store and buy them, and it's, like, right there. Dude, they have body so, clips at ours, too. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, they have, like, little, you know, pin spring clips just like body clips that they carry in their hardware section, too. It's pretty neat. Nice. Yeah, so, I mean, like I said, so I like it for that kind of stuff. Plus, also, if you're, like, a fabricator, they do carry, at least ours does, carry metal and aluminum. Yep. So, like, if, if you wanted to make a custom you know tie rod or you know rod uh, link or something you could actually get the aluminum and make it or if you fabricate you can get a piece of metal um and what else they got a little bit of everything i mean they even carry yeah. like at least like balsa wood you know project wood so like if you wanted to make like a little whatever oh that's could, cool see we had, our, like, we had a kns section which was like all the like crafting type stuff you know like hobby type tubing and smaller pieces of metal and like really little stuff and they ended up getting rid of that which kind of sucked because that little K&S display was kind of nice to pull stuff from oh okay but they don't carry that anymore but they have metal and stuff so yeah it sounds like they're both about the same it's just ours is probably scaled down in comparison to the one in your area but it's I yeah, mean like I, said, I get stuff there all the time like that's kind of I don't know it's pretty rare that they don't have what I need yeah. I guess, like I said, you're kind of used to, like, since that's, like, your only really thing on the island, like, you're kind of, like, stuck. The one thing I do got to gripe about is if you're going for certain stuff, like, let's say, which I've done it before. I'm doing, now I'm talking real work. Like, I'm, I'm at a job hooking up a gas unit or a sink or whatever. I'm doing some project, and you're like, oh, you know this you know the the valve's broken and you're like well ace is only you know five minutes away home depot's like 25 minutes away and everybody knows you can't get in and out of home depot in less than five minutes um so yeah. you're like all right i'll just run over to ace well ace is typically more expensive so yeah i there's some stuff i probably wouldn't buy there that i'd go to like a lumber wholesaler or something and get stuff from but i don't know for the most part the hobby stuff it's pretty good yeah um and then what were we talking about because i know we got like off topic ish oh uh the the rigs yeah and i got that jk to finish the hard body and then i actually have this other build that like started out going one way then i changed my mind halfway through and now i'm kind of changing my mind again so i just have to stick to a design and stay with it instead of keep bouncing around it's my uh, B BPC, uh, I'm going to call it now my Overland build. Um, I, don't, I think we've talked about this before, but I, I can't remember the, um, the off-grid um, YouTube series or Overland series. Mm, yeah, um, Expedition Overland. Yep. Uh, after watching a lot of that, I'm like, I want to build an expedition rig so i think i'm going to turn which was originally going to be a copy of a truck night in america build is now going to be an overland build nice yeah originally um did, did you ever watch truck night in america i never have i never have uh, seen it i need it, to there was there was an episode where there was a lot of chevy rigs on there and uh one of them he called it Big Red. It was like a 2005 Cat Eye Chevy um, extended cab, you know, rig. 
but he had a custom weird almost like a I want to say almost like a tube panel bed it was like it was strictly a wheeler um and the body caught my attention because it had like he it was one of those junkyard builds like oh he smashed the door so he went into the junkyard and grabbed the first one he saw which happened to be like white then he smashed the other rear door so he grabbed the first one he saw it was blue so he started like it was like frankensteining this whole thing together um but it, i mean the thing was rad and he and he he won that episode so he made it all the way through all the obstacles and everything but i saw that rig and i was like i have to replicate that and i started getting it all going but then like i said getting halfway through it i was kind of like oh this would be cool if i did an overland rig so it's like i, I think i'm gonna go overland and then like i i like i said i've gone back and forth i don't I, at this point i don't even know what i'm gonna do but i want to <laughs> lean towards overland but i don't know i would that'd be a fun build so or i might even turn another one of my rigs into an overland build i don't know so. I, I'm kind of wanting to do one. We'll see, though. I, if I end up getting an SSD Trail King at any point, that's going to be my big, like, fancy overland slash trailing rig. Well, I shouldn't nice. say that'll be my... It'll be another one, I guess, is what I should say, because I've got my Night Customs Jeep and then the Unimog. Which, yeah, I'm on the fence, for... man. I kind of want to sell that thing and get the 6x6 version. I think the 6x6 version is going to be pretty sweet. Um... I I think it's going to be available in the next couple weeks. Yeah, the 12th... Or wait, let me... No, the 12th is when they're debuting the... Cobra. This one is... Oh, lame! It got, bump, it got bumped back, so it's October 3rd is when A-Main's getting it in. Wow. I remember sucks. it was around, like, the 3rd or... I want to say it was around, like, the 23rd or 24th. Yeah. You know, here's the thing, though, and this is something that, I mean, this is just more me thinking out loud, trying to decide what to do. You know, keep the keep the UMG-10 that I got or get rid of it and get the 6x6. What would keep me from getting the 6x6 is that the tires are most likely going to be the harder RTR compound, not the R35. And it doesn't have the nice links that the umg 10 has and it doesn't have this isn't necessarily a deal breaker but it probably has a standard three gear transmission in it instead of the lay down one um i was kind of thinking interior wise if i did get the axial six by six i would do their interior in it but obviously that only fills the front two doors of the cab you'd need something for the back so I found a, from RC 4 Drive, and I think Tamiya has one too, but it's a bench seat that works in the Mojave body. And I would, oh, put, okay. I would put that bench in the back and kind of fab together an interior for the rear using that bench seat. So kind of on the fence with what to do about that. It also might be really cool to do one and do four like Wraith Sparco seats in, you know, and do it that way and use a modified Wraith interior. That might be cool. Um, yeah. But I don't know, mostly it's the tire compound that's kind of making me almost think, well, keep the one I got, buy another set of their R35 tires, buy the parts to turn this into the 6x6, and then do like a big overland expedition style, like, you know, 
Alaskan Tundra 6x6 overland rig and do like a big box on the back and really scale it out and do, you know, like a bed and a kitchenette in it and stuff like that. I think that'd be kind of sick too. So I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at. I'm not really sure what I want just yet. I, part of me wants a big Herkin giant trail rig. Yeah, like I said, I don't think you can really go wrong. It'll be its own kind of fun. You know what I mean? Like, it's... It, it'll it'll have its place for stuff like that. And it'll probably do certain things really well. And other things it probably won't do so well. Like, turn. But other than that, you know, we'll see how it goes. Well, you can always do the, um, the full turn. You can actually put... You can put a servo on the rear axles and put it on a different channel. And you can actually get... Uh, a six-wheel turn if you want. That's true. I could use a three-piece axle. Oh, wait. Could I? Could I use the three-piece axle housings on the rear to be able to add knuckles and stuff? I'd yes. have to, I Okay, because what, the adapter yes. for the other pinion is just the center cover, right? That's the same on all of them, isn't it? I believe so. You, you know, the red pumpkin cover? Yep. Okay. I believe so. That's a really um, good idea. The three piece, yes, the three piece does. That's a because really three piece, good idea. Because the three piece axle is just splined on the end. Right. So it could be a rear or front axle. And I've got lots of those hanging around. And actually, I've got a couple pairs of one pieces that are just takeoffs that are just sitting now, too. So Interesting. But yeah, that's kind of my plan for that. I, I Well, <laughs> obviously, I haven't decided, but. I haven't come up with anything super concrete yet, but i that's kind of the direction I want to go with one of those. Yeah. I was going to say, while we're on that topic, I don't know if you saw, but uh, your son had an interesting question when you posted last week's episode. Mm, okay. About, Did you see it? Yeah, I, I, I don't pay attention to him that often, though. Um, let's see. It, so it said... <laughs> I was kidding, obviously. Okay, I was gonna say I know what it is. It, it basically, he said he wanted to know how long we thought those both six by six, the Traxxas and the Axial, would last before they discontinue them. Which I get, you know, like I I understand that question. Um, I don't know. That hard to say. Like, I think they're gonna sell well, kinda. I want to say. And this is my honest opinion. I want to say at least a year before they even go that route because what's going to happen is they're going to go quick in the beginning. They're going to be like a firecracker. There's going to be a you know everybody doesn't matter if you're hating on Axial or hating on Traxxas. The people that love those brands are going to stand behind those brands and buy them just because they want to. Yeah. And. You're going to get a lot of that going first, and I think that's going to go. And then eventually, once everybody who's really wanted one has one, then I think that's when you're going to see, just like anything, you're going to start seeing the real slow die down, and then it'll probably move less than you know, the standard 1.9 setups that they have. And then I think that's when they're going to be like, eh, maybe we won't push these anymore. Yeah, it, it could be. It's... The, don't get me wrong, like, the Traxxas one looks nice. Like, the TRX4 platform is, it's durable. It's definitely high quality. The plastic is all nice. The short amount of time that we had ours, I think it was about two weeks or so, 
didn't have anything break on it. So, I mean, they, they make a quality product. I just thought the body choice was weird. However, the body on it is really nice. Like, it, I mean, it, it looks fantastic. They did a great job on it. So, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I would lean towards the the UMG-10 just for the fact that it just is a more off-roady type rig, you know, than the Mercedes one, but they're gonna sell, I, I have a feeling they'll sell a bunch of the Mercedes stuff anyways, just because, you know, some people want st something to be different, which is rad, so, you know, but it's, in the last episode, I mean, we were, we weren't trying to start anything, we were just, you know, sharing our opinions on stuff and kind of seeing a little bit of humor in some of the things that were coming out so which is actually kind of funny because go figure after we talked about all that on the last episode and i was like oh, i've never seen this and never seen that and blah 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 we're cruising and i think we we're in san carlos i forget what we were doing we were and which is a town you know next over from me and there was it wasn't a it wasn't a Mercedes six by six, it was, it I think it was a G wagon. It was the Mercedes G wagon, but it was the weirdest thing. I've never seen one in this configuration. It was like the Mercedes G wagon, or the yeah the Mercedes G wagon, Jeep Gladiator version. Like it looked like a Jeep Gladiator. It had the four Whoa. doors for the bed. No kidding. And I was I was gonna try and get a picture, but they already turned, and I was like, uh, I'm not gonna like try and like fight my way back through traffic to turn around and follow this thing to get a picture. But it was interesting, and I was like, I've never seen a rig like that before. Several things came up when I went to Google it, so I'm looking at images right now, and holy shit, that thing's rad, dude. That looks pretty cool. No, there's pictures of them on here. If you Google it, there's actually quite a few pictures of those trucks. I didn't even know that was a thing. It looks awesome. There's one that's all done up. It looks killer. It looks like it has Mickey Thompson Baja Claws on it. It's matte black. Like, the whole thing has, like, a matte black wrap on it. With oh, the yeah, real, I see what picture you're looking at. With the yeah, real simple two-tube front bumper. Yeah, it was one of those, and I was going, are you serious? Like... <laughs> it's pretty mean looking and I'm sitting here going like I, I, like, like I was like and here I am saying I've never seen this thing you know in real life what, how lame and then something of that nature drives by right after yeah the timing of that's pretty comical they I have like, like all kinds of different ones though in Europe like they have a cabriolet that's like the size of a samurai like I've seen those before like you know, on Instagram of people that live in different countries and stuff, you know, because I don't think that's something that gets imported into the U.S., obviously, but... No, like, it, it looks pretty cool. I, I it makes me wonder if that's something that a company is doing that conversion, like Casey Curry's Jeep truck that was that way before the Gladiator came out. Um, I think he had said something like 180 grand to build that thing. Yeah, and and that's what I'm wondering, too. Like, I'm really wondering, is it a is it a conversion or is it a real thing? Because um, some of these, if you look at them, the body looks like it's all one piece. Then you, you actually have these other ones, like that one we were looking at with the um, with the tires and everything. There's actually a seam, and you can actually see the bed separation. So it's like, yeah, you know, is it a conversion or is it something 
the, that really came out. Because the back door is angled for the factory fender flare to be there, you know, in the wheel well. I can see that on yep. it. That is so, a really I, interesting truck. It's mean looking. Like, it looks like it's just on a set of black wagons with Baja claws on it. Yep. God, that's a good looking truck. It's different. That, I mean, yeah, I know. It, sadly, this would be like the only Mercedes I'd want to build. Yeah, that thing's dope, dude. Like, that is actually a cool looking rig. I've never only, seen that before until you just mentioned it. The only thing I got to say about that, though, is I don't know if that picture is photoshopped and they just set that conversion body on top of something. Because if you look at the front tires, I don't see how they can turn and not hit that front fender. Yeah, hard to say. I I see a couple different pictures of that thing. Um, there's a glossy one driving down the street. There's another glossy one on wheels and tires that are just too little for it. It looks really silly. That might be photoshopped. And then uh, there's a couple pictures of the matte black one. One of them is out in the dirt. And uh, I don't know. I think it's a real thing. I'm seeing enough pictures on here that it looks like it's something that people are having built or is available somewhere else. That thing's badass, though. I definitely like that better than a six by six version of it. You know what? I want to read. I'm gonna read. I. It's gonna take me two seconds. I just want to read this real quick because I want to see if this says where this guy's from. Because if he's from around here. It is gonna freaking like blow my mind. Well, there's also a YouTube video about building a G-Class pickup. No, okay, so I found this link and it says Motor. It's by Motor Authority. Yep. And it said, and it says off-roader built a Mercedes-Benz G-Class pickup because Mercedes won't build one for the U.S. Ah. And and he's it's got California plates on it, so I'm like. Watch this be the guy, and you watch him like live in like Woodside. What did I say? The project <laughs> no way. <laughs> the project began in 2011. Manny, a tech entrepreneur from Woodside, California. No shit. Go wow. figure. That's I, okay, funny. Okay, I'm gonna link. I'm gonna save this. I'm gonna link this to our page because this is too funny. Too funny. That's not the badass one though, right? That's the one no, that just has badass, like military this, style wheels on it. No, but this one is this one is pretty. This one actually still it's got military beadlocks on it. But here, I'll send it to you. That is too oh, stinking cool. Oh, man. I love seeing different stuff like that. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I just the Traxxas thing's cool. I just don't understand the choice necessarily. But you know, maybe there's guys out there geeking out like we are that you know that's their dream rig and that's what they would want to build. It just seems like a strange thing, especially with two twos and everything else on it. I just think that, dude, I just, how funny is that? I go, oh, yeah, and I just saw it, and then, da, 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 and then, like, said, oh, look, he's got California plates, and then I'm, like, starting to look at some of the stuff, and I said, man, that kind of looks like, like, around where I live, and then I'm going, let's see, and I'm trying to read, and then, oh, Woodside, California. There you go. The guy's a freaking bajillionaire. Woodside is a very expensive town that's only, like, ten minutes away from me. This one, I think, is... I think the crazy one is from Europe because it, it kind of... I've noticed a trend lately with 
guys that are building wheelers over in Europe, they're doing like old Land Rovers and stuff, and they're doing massive deep dish wheels on like all these Land Rovers and stuff with big old like almost ATV cartoon looking balloon tires on them, and that's kind of how that matte black one is. It makes me think that one's kind of European because that's definitely a different style that you see over there versus here. You know what's funny though? What's what's really interesting because I'm just reading this real quickly while we're still talking, and uh, just to kind of get the gist of this background. So I don't know if this sounds snotty or if this sounds like cool or whatever, but he said his main reason. I guess he's an avid mountain biker, but he loves his luxury cars, and he wanted a way to get five mountain bikes out to the wilderness, but not leave luxury. I don't know. I feel like Denali pickups and any of the new trucks are pretty nice. And he said he originally was going to look at a Land Rover Defender 110, but then he said the AMG caught his attention um, with this with the new... G36 6x6. So I guess the 6x6 in real life is his inspiration for this. Interesting. But he chose to just go with standard pickup truck. And I'm just going through it's just I don't know, in my opinion it's kind of crazy how like he's how he went through with all this, but I how, what are the odds? I'm talking about it and I say, "Oh, I saw it." And then I'm looking online and sure, you know, you know That's pretty great. I, I don't I don't swear that much, but sure as shit, it's the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty great. That's funny. Cool truck, though. Really cool. It reminds me a lot of Casey's rig. Like, it just has that big, long, stretched look to okay. it. Okay. I'm sorry. I might have to stop reading. This guy's got... He clearly has too much money. That's a shame. <laughs> Poor guy. God. He. So, they said... If he lived outside of the U.S., it would have been a lot easier because they offer this in other countries. So he started looking for the rig that he to, that he wanted to use. He finally found a 2006 Mercedes-Benz G500 that he purchased in late 2013. The next step was to head off to the Netherlands, where several companies do G-Wagon conversions. So wow. he said, why not new at the time the G63 or previous G55 the G63 was too expensive and hard to find used while the stock G500 had better off-road capabilities according to Manny so at the cost of about $5,000 Manny shipped his G500 to this Albert Boma uh, in the Netherlands to begin the conversion so he didn't even do it here he shipped the rig off to the Netherlands to have this conversion done then he shipped it back here to enjoy it. Good lord. Wow. That's crazy, man. I'm just, yeah, I'm just reading through this thing. This is just, yeah, this is just crazy. Oh, go, no way. They took that picture up at Alice's. Interesting. Oh, okay, I'm done reading. <laughs> Take That's a wild guess funny. how much it costs to build that. If you wanted to go out and build that rig yourself right now, how much it would cost you? Including the cost of the car? Yep. I am going to guess around 230 
you're actually very high, but it's... He said all... He goes all in. It cost him $140,000. Wow. Casey's was more. That's interesting. By 40 grand. <laughs> That's interesting. I mean, granted, Casey's had, like, curry axles on it, and it was obviously, like, the nicest of everything you could buy, but I was expecting the Mercedes to come in way higher than the Jeep one. So, yeah, this is funny. So he's cruising around in Woodside, and I already know exactly where this place is. It's the four, They call it the Corners up at um, Alice's Restaurant on Skyline Boulevard. And... Uh, it said, as he was cruising around in what would be called a prototype in, in the U.S., especially California, because nobody else owns one, he, there was some people taking some prototype Mercedes out for, you know, like, I guess a, you know, test and tune kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And they were chasing him down to take pictures with him. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I bet. <laughs> I would, too. That thing's pretty neat. Anything that's like a huge custom job like that is just super interesting to me anyways. I mean, like, as soon as we had saw it, I was, like, poking around Casey's truck looking at it and stuff. I mean, it, it's there's a lot of work involved in something like that. So it's, it's very easy to appreciate the amount of effort and time that goes into those things. Wow. He could have actually made a ton of money off this and built another one, but he chose not to. He said a few unsolicited purchase offers have come in over the years. The most creative was from a broker in L.A. who said a Hollywood movie star saw a picture of it and wanted it at any price. Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Actually, um, he said based on what he, what he thought, since nobody actually said who it was. Right. He, Brad Pitt. Really? Yep. Huh. But anyways, like I said, I'm done reading this. This is, you know. That's really cool, though. Neat truck, man. Very neat truck. Yep. Like I said, you you know, you learn something new every day. Yep. So I have people, that, which I knew, live around me with way too much money. <laughs> so my yeah, next question is, are they looking to adopt? <laughs> right. That's too funny. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that you is pretty I, cool. You know what I should do, though? Hmm. I should replicate that build and then get a hold of that guy and say, I want to take a picture with the real thing and show the fake and show the scale one. That would be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. And, may, and maybe in laughing about Traxxas and stuff, maybe. Maybe they've found a niche market that, you know, maybe they're not as far off as we think, you know, with that yep. being a choice. Hard to say. Maybe not. Maybe not. Um, I guess my next question is, who makes a hard-body Mercedes G500? Oh, okay. There's a kid that worked at that um, crawler place, uh, King Crawlers, that, uh -huh. that has one. And he, go to my Facebook page. He posted a picture of it. Get in contact with him, and you can find out where he got that hard body. I want to say it was like somewhere out of Russia. Okay. In fact, I'm gonna Probably. look it up really quick here. I'll t I'll tag you in it. Hang on. Okay. Interesting. 
But yeah, well, you know, actually, we are getting close to that time. Okay, I just... I just tagged you in it. I'll take a look. Oh, oh there, that must be it. Probably. So there's your project. Uh, just like, yeah, like I need it anymore. <laughs> that's so funny that we're just like, who the hell go wheeling a Mercedes? And now we're like, dude, that'd be cool to build. <laughs> that's super well, funny. Okay, well, here's the thing. I've never said it wouldn't be cool to go wheeling in a Mercedes. It's just that no Mercedes has ever caught my eye because I, I just don't think they build one that suits like what I like. And that rig does not look bad. It does not look bad. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm looking on eBay right now. Someone's selling a Lexan one pre-owned already. No, the whole rig, geez. There's already a G-Wagon Traxxas for sale on eBay that's used. Huh. Um, Jada Toys makes a Jurassic Park 6x6. Mercedes-Benz. Um, G... Class. I wonder if I'm going to have to put G-Wagon. It depends here. You know, you're probably going to have to get in touch with that kid because I'm not seeing anywhere on here that exact body that's on his. That whole, yeah, like, yeah. $489, $500 price point is kind of like a little more than I think I'd spend on a RTR. Like, 400's kind of pushing it for me. Like, that's, you know, about as much as I would spend on an RTR. I think 5 is a little a little too much for me, at least. Yeah. I hear you on that one. Wow. That is too cool. Learn something new every day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this, but, is gonna, like, this is gonna be a cool week. I got all kinds of stuff that'll be able to keep me busy at night. It's gonna be a good, good time. Awesome. Well, yeah, I was gonna say we're rounding to about that time. Yep, it is. So, which is like I said, it kind of blows my mind. And I know we say this all the time, and especially tonight, we like started out with really nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yep turned it into something and then it blossomed yeah that's pretty funny no that's there oh you know what there is something i wanted to add though just because like i'm a big advocate of people not being jackasses on facebook and stuff like that not being like overly critical and i know that we were pretty like honest and to a point pretty critical especially myself in the last episode and it, especially when it was and nobody's like brought it up I didn't get in trouble or anything like that but like in regards to that event in Oregon that I was talking about it's one of the reasons I think I was disappointed is like first and foremost I come from a racing background and so I'm used to going to very structured and polished events 
and that's also how Axial Fest was. And so I kind of compare everything to my racing experiences and my Axial Fest experiences. And between that and putting on events myself for the last couple of years for our local club and, you know, now with doing stuff with Die Hard 2 for events, it's, uh, I, I have a pretty biased view when it comes to stuff like that because I know what it takes and what makes something good and what makes it not good. And so I think I'm the way I am about people and not being professional in the crawling community especially like sponsored drivers and then um events not being professional i think it's because i'm trying to measure it against something that has been around way longer and has a lot more structure and so i think that's why i'm critical of those things the way that i am if that makes sense so that's kind of something i just wanted to throw out there for everybody you know is that that's why you know i do and say the things i do sometimes when it comes to stuff like that because i have a very different perspective than most people do coming from you know having a racing background not just with rc but with racing motorcycles professionally too so I, I you could say i guess that i probably have a little bit higher standards than some people that haven't experienced some of the things that i have because i know how good things can be possibly made to be yeah so just a little explanation of how my brain works not that I was trying to be a jerk or anything like that. It's just I have a different perspective than other people do. No, we know how you are. You're just a big jerk, so I you know have to it. explain yourself. Grouchy old man. Well, everybody, it was fun. Um, be sure to check out our page this week. We'll get some stuff posted up on Facebook of different photos and whatnot of some of the things that we talked about in this episode. Give you guys some visual stuff to look at and drool over so anyhow um yeah that's that's it from me and that's all i got um i you got me now started on looking for a mercedes g500 hard body <laughs> and that's not necessarily a bad thing no it's not but it's just just kind of funny it's like yeah just what you need you know add a fourth project to the mix <laughs> exactly that's funny stuff all right, guys. Well, everyone, have a wonderful week and weekend, and do your best to get outside and enjoy some RC car fun. Of course, and we will see you guys next week. All right. Later, guys.